What does it mean to be a vulnerable Christian man? Walking through life weak and powerless is not what Jesus had in mind for us. It's time to fight. It's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We are OB Sean, Brandon, and Shane, and this is The Uncomfortable Hello and Truth. welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. Uh, the other day, after ch- my daughter goes to church on Wednesday nights, sometimes we go, sometimes we don't, but the past few Wednesday nights, Courtney or I will take her and drop her off, and then a friend of hers, ours, uh, who's a senior in high school or going to be a senior, We'll bring her home. We've known this girl since she was knee-high to a grasshopper, man. A little tyke. Oh, yeah, we've known her. She's a great kid, great kid. And so in our house, you to get to, to our room, you have to walk all the way down the hall. Like our room is at the end of the hall, but there's one more room past the, ours, and that's our daughter's. So this, I'm in, I'm in my room watching TV. It's like they get out of church, get home at like 830. Sometimes I'll go get ice cream or whatever, so it might right. be might be kind of late. Well, I listen when I'm in my house. Yeah, you know, it's you're it's, in your house. It's comfort time, exactly. You know, you do what you want to do, dress how you want to dress, whatever. So I don't. I'm you, not even. You're not the dad that walks around naked in his no. own house. Okay, no, I don't. <laughs> but li- he will have a naked room one day. You know, <laughs> I, w- I will. Yeah. <laughs> I will. <laughs> and I don't care about my kids. I tell my daughter, <laughs> "This is, we're getting real here. I tell my daughter, baby, like, when you come in my room, you are risking seeing your dad without any clothes on. This is like, because my kids just come in my room all the time. I said, right. listen, it's not going to embarrass me. But it's gonna embarrass you, <laughs> right. so you might want to change your habits. Anyway, so I'm in my I'm in my room. I'm not naked, and uh, I get up to walk to turn the light on or off, and then go to the bathroom. And there's there's our friend. May, her name's standing Macy. Next to the door, she's standing right in front of the door. I didn't see her because the light was off. You had your underwear on. Oh yeah, and she's like, "Oh hey Shane." <laughs> And I'm like, Dad, it, Macy. <laughs> hey, she wasn't she, worried about she, it. She, she's that kid. She's not, because she, her dad walks around in his underwear, <laughs> probably naked half the time. So uh, that's funny. It was a little uncomfortable, more for Miller and my wife than it was for right. Macy or me. She's like, Oh, what, what's up, dude? I'm like, What's up? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to the bathroom now. Let's uh, so ease that door shut. shut. Shut that door. That's for me, uncomfortable please. for your wife. Oh you know, yeah, maybe not. So maybe just, there might have been just a very short moment of discomfort for you in your life. I was just I was There's surprised. I, do, you know? I was surprised that there was a human being in my house that wasn't one of my kids or my wife. Yeah, yep. I think I think that, Well, uh, for those of us that generally walk around in our underwear. I think Sean, yeah. Brandon, I guarantee you, oh, yeah. walks around in his underwear. You know what? You you realize you're taking a, a slight risk of somebody That's possibly right. walking in, and we're okay with that for the most part. Yeah, it's so. like peeing in your backyard. Exactly. You, know? <laughs> you, you have neighbors. You're like, but, well, but it's your backyard. That's my backyard. It's like, I'm going to try to point away from the people. <laughs> but, but dead gum. It's my yard. Exactly. <laughs> I live enough in the country. Right. It's like, 
Anyway. If they got binoculars at their house and they're watching you, something's wrong with them. <laughs> That's right. Not it's so, not you. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's not. Listen, it's not me. It's you. <laughs> I'll open us up in prayer, and then Sean's got the got the mic for today. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day, for this opportunity to reach people for you, uh, Lord. Uh, we are truly blessed in our lives, Lord. I pray that uh, we will be a light for you in everything that we do. I just uh, lift up Sean uh, today and uh, pray that, uh, Lord, he just speaks your words and uh, projects those out into the world. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 <clears throat> so today um, my topic is over freedom of speech, and I was really surprised at how many Bible verses address freedom of speech they're everywhere. There's a lot. And um, so, um, you know, I want to start off really, I want to read a couple of these. I guess first I want to ask you guys, <clears throat> what is like the meanest thing you've ever said to somebody? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think sadly, we probably, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm totally putting words in y'all's mouth or just making an assumption, but I think that we've probably said the meanest things that we've ever said to anyone to maybe somebody that we love the most, like our wife or something. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, maybe you're in an argument with your wife and she said something uh, that was just ripped you to the core so you felt the need to do it back. Mm -hmm. Or I, I, I think that whenever I think about it, oh, and yes, we get into arguments with our wives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, absolutely. You know, it's, it's it happens. Uh, it, it happens, and and um, I don't know. I, I think that you know we've all been married for y'all been married for fifteen plus years. I'm pushing. I'm pushing it. Um, but you know, Amy's the person that I love more than anybody on this planet. Um, but sadly, I've probably said maybe something the meanest thing maybe I've said might have been to her um you know I I don't know yeah you're absolutely right yeah. it's the people that are closest to us I vividly vividly remember this growing up I had a little go-kart uh that my parents helped me buy <laughs> I paid for part of it I was 11 or 12 years old I was laying on the couch my mom had come into the living room and I was like hey can I ride my go-kart to my friend's house it was just down the road not on a highway back back roads and she said no not not today and I got so mad that she wouldn't let me ride my own daggum go-kart I said I hate you and it was not the reaction that I thought that I would get from my mother when I said that it broke her heart really and then I, I felt so so bad that she just Almost started crying and walked away, and that's not my mom. Like, to, it might have been just like I'm gonna whoop your butt, boy. Right, but it wasn't that. Is just like it broke her. She left, and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. It makes you feel horrible. Oh, I felt terrible, <clears throat> man. Um, it's yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. I feel like the the closest ones to us are the ones that uh, you know, um, we hurt the most. But I want to make this clear: I was never a bully. But I can remember vividly, like in second, third, you know, fourth grade, getting around other kids 
and we would like make fun of another child, you yeah. know, uh, of another kid. And uh, kids are mean, oh, you know, man. They, they Inclu- will, including they, us growing up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was, you know, we were all kids, right? And uh, I, I just think about how we used to, we would make fun of somebody who was short, who was tall, who was fat, who was, you know, like we would get in these groups and get sucked in by this peer pressure. Um, and we would say hateful things, you know, and uh, I think you get sucked in by the devil, even when you're seven years old. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I think I think that the evil that enters the world when you're born comes out when you're seven or when you're yeah. 70. There, you know, mm-hmm. there's that, no doubt. You know, it's 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 just crazy. Um, in Colossians four six, it says, "Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person." Um, Slow that really that really resonates with me because we read that again. Colossians four six, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. I am one of those guys who is a million miles an hour. Uh, I am ju- doing everything I can to, to accomplish everything I can in a 24-hour period. You know? and, you can, and you can be reactive. I, uh, I, 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 am, I am so uh, absolutely, and I've gotten better in my, in my old age. Listen, I find this funny that we're, we're sitting in rooms with our brothers, and he's telling you how he knows he is, and you're saying like you can be reactive, <laughs> like <laughs> nothing like your brother <laughs> to be like. Hey, yeah. I mean, he, he, could, he could very well spin it on me. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, I, I, I hope he's got a little bit of that. I absolutely. probably, I probably have more of it, but uh, you know, and it's it's so easy to snap or to to, to make a knee jerk reaction and to say something that is uh, discouraging. Uh, to to say something that is hateful, to say something that um, you didn't want to say, yeah, that you really you just sh- said it, you really shouldn't have said, yeah, you know. And uh, there's so many verses to support uh, slow to speak, you know, and and how how we should go about it. Um, this the the next one, Proverbs eighteen twenty one, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. That is so powerful, man. I mean, that is so powerful. Whenever you think about death and life is in the power of what you say. Death and life. I mean, you can discourage um, a a child. You can discourage, uh, well, what if you're, you know, um, You can kill their spirit. Yeah, I mean, what... Or you can... You can you can give life to their spirit, or you can kill their spirit yeah. with, with your tongue. Yeah, with what you say. What if it's a business colleague who's having a rough day, and you say something that is just so demoralizing or so discouraging that they decide they're going to go home and commit suicide? You you just caught what you said, okay? And that's I know that's extreme, but what you said pushed them over the edge, and the thought that. Our, you know, the tongue and what we say, dude, I mean, that is crazy. That is nuts. Um, But it's so true. And it's so it just makes you kind of self-examine. Hey, what am I saying to people? How am I? uh, Am I speaking uh, death or life into people's lives? Am I planting seeds for Jesus? Am I loving people? 
or am I discouraging people and, and, and spewing hate into their lives? And um, that is, man, it's just, uh, it really, it just makes you really think. And it really, th- I mean, the power of um, of what we say. This next one, and, the, and this is the last one, and then I'd like to just kind of open it up to you guys. Uh, this is Matthew twelve thirty six. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word that they speak. Everything and every careless word that we speak, we are going to have to account for that. We're going to have to give answers for that. And, uh, you know, I mean, and it, uh, all I know is whoever stands in line behind me, it's going to have a long wait because I, I've said a lot of careless things in my life. I've made a bunch of mistakes, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, um, it's, uh, it, it, moving forward, I'm not going to make near as many. And, uh, and, and, and I think we should all just recognize, uh, the power of our tongue. And, um, it's, uh, it's I think, yeah, I sobering. Think, I think it's, it's a sobering thought. It's, it's sobering. I think that God mentions it. Obviously it, when it's, when it's mentioned that often, um, it's something that we ought to be thinking about regularly and examining on a daily basis. Um, but you know, the Bible also says uh, the Lord gives grace upon grace upon grace. And just like we're going to be held accountable for every word um, that we've ever spoken in ill intent or, uh, you know, what whatever you said that was not maybe, um, you know, in in line with, with, with the Lord, you know, uh, we're if we're Christians and if we're, we're living in the spirit and, and we've accepted Christ, uh, the Lord's going to give us grace upon grace. We're going to be forgiven for those sins. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank Jesus. you, Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one, one, you know, what, what it brought to my mind, um, was, you know, how powerful, you know, you said words are and how we really need to think about what we're saying, really every word. And, and uh, because every, because one word can change the course of somebody's day and possibly their lives, and um, you know I had a I had a good friend. And I think I've told you guys this, you know. But um, when I moved into a, a leadership position, probably ten years ago, sent me an email congratulating me, letting me know, you know, he was he was he was excited for me. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna leave. He says I'm just gonna leave you with one piece of advice. And uh, it was a quote, and it said, you can't repeat silence. You can't repeat silence. That's all it said. And uh, it said, just remember that. You can't repeat silence. And so I, I, that was 10 years ago. And I remember, I mean, obviously, it's only a three-word quote, but it was so profound to me. Like, it was so, like, it it was like so real at the time. Like, I if if I don't have something to bring to this conversation that is going to help it, just shut up. You know, just keep your mouth shut. Is is basically what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And and also, how much trouble is that going to keep me out of? And how much trouble would it have kept me out of for the for the last thirty years of my life? You know, if I would have heeded those words you can't repeat silence just shut up Obi 
You know, it's like, just keep your mouth shut. You know, I mean, you don't have to interject your opinion or, you know, what you think about a certain situation in every thing that, that you're dealing with in life. Um, it doesn't, and, and there's so many times, oh my gosh, I feel like that, that, um, I have, I have heeded those words in my marriage more than anywhere. You know, it's like, you would have been such an idiot if you would have actually said that, you know, (laughs) man, it takes, it takes some time, it takes some time to get to that point. Right. Your mom ever tell you, you got two years and one mouth for a reason. God (laughs) gave you two years and one mouth for a reason. Shut it. Hey, that's, that's really good. I've never heard that. Yes, you have. I've never heard that. Really? I've never heard that. Yep. God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. I have heard that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you I think, think I've heard it because several context. people have told told me that. Yeah. <laughs> what is it about us as humans, and and not everybody's like this, but where we feel like one, sometimes we have to fill the void, fill the silence. Two, if we sometimes if we don't know what we're talking about, we try to formulate an answer for somebody, even if we don't have a dadgum clue. <laughs> Like somebody so asks you something. I think that this is a perfect example of feeling silence. Oh yeah. Hey, if 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 it get, if there's like five seconds that go by and nobody said anything, we're each one of us are thinking, "Oh crap, Shane, Shane doesn't have nothing. What yeah. can I say? Sean, yeah. Sean doesn't say? have nothing. It's up to me. Yeah, I got. I got. <laughs> I've, I've got to say something. <laughs> and and it's funny because I learned in in. Um, when I was doing, I was I went to school uh, for education. I was going to be a teacher and a coach, and I did my student teaching. And one of one of the student teaching lessons that we had was, you know, when you're up in front of the room and you're speaking and you're teaching, when you ask a question, you should give seven seconds before you interject, and but give seven seconds for somebody to either raise their hand or answer the question before you. Uh, maybe ask a follow-up question or, like, help with the answer possibly. And so do y'all realize how long seven seconds is in that Let's moment? <laughs> you ready? Seven seconds. All right, we're going to start here in a few seconds. Uh, seven seconds feels like this. Sean, seven seconds. That was seven seconds. At, at five seconds, time. Sean broke the silence. <laughs> okay, so we still had two seconds to go, and just imagine you're you're standing in front of a room with twenty five kids, and you ask a question, and you wait that full seven seconds, and nobody says anything, and you're just like. What am I doing? Yeah. What's, <laughs> it, what's <laughs> interesting is I've always heard that uh, it takes seven seconds to form a first impression. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I've always heard that. Wow. I, some people do it pretty fast. Yeah. Probably only takes me two seconds it, to form a f- first impression on somebody. <laughs> listen, I don't need I don't need any seconds. I just ask my wife after I meet some after we meet somebody. <laughs> how do you, what do you think? How do you feel about them? I psychoanalyze that person because well, honestly, when I meet somebody, I'm going to go to common ground and go from there. And yeah, you can tell if somebody's like a great person or conceited or you know, but like 
those things for me, I'm like, meh. Yeah, whatever. And Courtney's like, I don't know about that guy. <laughs> or like, he seems like a, a great, great guy, you know? Yeah. She's very in tune with yeah. uh, <coughs> all the little signs yeah. that just go shoom, right, right over my head. head. Yeah, I, I like, um, I feel like that just the psychoanalyst analyst in me is a lot like Courtney. Yeah. Um, you know, I. I'm just always looking for those little intricacies that make people who they are, Yeah, you know, and, and, um, it helps me relate to them and, mm-hmm. and it helps me to have a better relationship with them. And, um, you know, in, in what we do, which is sales, uh, it's, it's important to, um, be able to build relationships fast and, and, and don't get me wrong. Um, you know, some salespeople do that in a very manipulative way. Um, you know, I do it in a very, um, I want to, I want to build a relationship with you as quickly as possible so that that we can have a genuine, real relationship. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I feel like that's the way God wants me to do business. And, and so I feel like that just the psychoanalyst in me, uh, is just always looking for ways that I can relate. And so that ultimately I can show my goal in in every relationship is for you, you know, when you're talking with me, to feel valued and loved, mm-hmm. and 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 I want I want you to feel important because I feel like that everybody desires that. Well, you know? when you relate with somebody, you make a connection. My right. my daughter was uh, trying out for she wanted to be secretary of the National Junior Honor Society, so she wrote her speech and <clears throat> now. I'm by no means of any expert of speeches or speaking or anything like that, but she wrote her speech and I was. She wanted me to read it. First of all, my my wife said, "Hey, read this." And she, my daughter, wasn't home, and she said, "Do not rewrite this for her." I said, "Okay." So I read it and I put it back down, and it it took a lot in me, and I waited for my daughter to come to me and say, "Hey, Dad, read this," and I was like. Yes. Okay, so we read it, and that, the main thing that, that I talked to her about was if you want to be elected for this position, your speech has to relate to the people that you're talking to. Right. And so you, you take out the things that, that are about – a lot of the things that are about you and, and figure out how to twist them to where somebody can relate to them. She de- so we rewrote the speech together with a lot of the stuff that – that she had and we related it to the students that were going to be sitting in that room with her and she ended up getting elected. So back to the point, when you watch a comedian, the funniest, the funniest comedians are the comedians that you think are the funniest are only because they say things that relate to your life. Right. (laughs) And you connect you connect. That's very true. So there's people out there that that think you're funny, right? And think I'm an idiot, <laughs> and think you're funny and think I'm an idiot. There's people out there that think I'm funny and think We're you're an idiot, exactly. right? Yeah. Because we just say things that relate to people. Yeah. Our life experiences are similar. So true. I've never really thought about that. Makes at, sense. At the end of the day, the the things that you say and the way that you say them mm-hmm. have an enormous and profound impact on the people's lives that you're speaking that into. Sure. Uh, just like you said from the beginning, Sean, it, God, um, 
he warns us. I feel like there's it, it, it's more warning. There's a lot of warning. Um, mm. You know that that we've got to watch our tongues um, and and how powerful they are. So that that verse you talked about, just speaking life or death into people, that's um, it's it's very sobering um, because you've we've got. We've got a lot of responsibility in this little, this we little all mouth do. right here. No, it, mm-hmm. we, we all do, and we totally support freedom of speech, um, you know, and it's just we just want to drive home the importance of guarding uh, everything we say, and, um, you know, it's just uh, it's such a big deal, uh, especially in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being here. I understand the power of your words and how they're impacting people around you. Uh, make a conscious effort to speak life into others. If you want to shoot us a topic or uh, need prayer for anything, you can email us at realuncomfortabletruth at gmail.com. Go out. Oh, hit the subscribe buttons. Smash that like button. Smash that like button. (laughs) Uh, Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.